the, the little girl saw them and she let go of her mother's hand and started rushing to mum, mum, a blue tree, a blue tree. And it was the first time really that I realised how important colour, that, that that little girl and her mother would have walked down that path many times, but this time the colour had made the trees visible. Her imagination was open. She was able to, you know, you know the mystery, the imagination, uh, the beauty, uh, all those things are, are still open to them, you know, it hasn't been closed down. And so it is important, I think, uh, in terms of art, art work and uh, to actually work with kids because they really are the future. They, they really will make a difference in some way. As you drive around downtown Chattanooga, you may have recently noticed an odd phenomenon happening around our city trees that are colored blue. My guest today is the artist responsible for these vibrant splashes of color throughout our city, Constantine Demopoulos. Constantine is a world-renowned artist, recognized for his ability to create art installations that highlight social and environmental issues. We are also joined today by the Director of Public Art Chattanooga, Caitlin Kearney. So welcome to this special episode where we discuss the installation and vision of the blue trees here in Chattanooga. This is the Camp House Podcast, and I am your host, Matt Busby. All right, well, welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guests are artist Constantine Demopoulos. Perfect. Okay, good, good. <laughs> and, and public art Chattanooga's Caitlin Kearney. And so today we're actually going to be, if, you, if you've been driving around Chattanooga, around downtown for the last couple of weeks, you might have noticed something. And that is there are a bunch of trees that have been painted blue. And so that's going to be our topic today. We're going to be talking about this new art installation that's come to our city uh, called the Blue Trees. And so uh, Constantine is the artist who created this installation. And then we have Caitlin here to talk about uh, public art Chattanooga and, and kind of why that's being brought to Chattanooga. But, um, but Constantine, I really want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, kind of how you got into art, sure. um, and, and then we'll get into why blue trees. Okay, well, I'll, first of all, I'll correct you from the, in terms of painting. Uh, the, we, we don't actually use paint. It's, uh, it's color and water, basically, so that uh, a lot of people kind of u- use the term painting because it's the process, but what the actual uh, pigment, it is just water and, uh, and uh, pigment. So that's the bit. But uh, I'm, uh, uh, I guess, as we were just saying before, it's kind of strange how you get to a particular place in your life. Uh, I was actually born in Egypt uh, of Greek parents, as, um, and uh, after many civil strifes, we decided to uh, to leave. We had to basically leave Egypt and move to New Zealand, which is where I grew up and uh, where I, uh, I guess, I see as as my home uh, and. Uh, I initially studied in sociology with a, a minor in psychology, and then um, so a lot of my work have has a kind of leaning towards kind of uh, what is now described as social art, uh, mm-hmm. which um, which is kind of uh, art that tries to um, uh, inspire people uh, uh, into looking at, at the world and issues that that are that interest certainly me and which I think need to be addressed. In a way that doesn't kind of point fingers, because we all, right. we, we, all our hands are, uh, wherever you come from, have, have, um, have kind of uh, issues regarding, especially uh, deforestation. 
So um, I guess uh, I, I, I then, um, regarding the, the blue trees, I, we moved with my family to Australia in 2003. And uh, in Wellington, where I come from, there are very few trees because it's one of the windiest cities in the world. Mm. And so the, although there are trees outside, the, uh, the actual city in itself, it's very little. But when we moved to Melbourne, there are just the uh, urban canopy is huge and it's just incredible, very similar to Chattanooga. And so I was just, uh, I've always been affected by my environment. So uh, in New Zealand, I did work on using gorse, which was a plant that was brought over by the English to create hedging, but then it just took off because in England, it only flowers once uh, a year. In New Zealand, it, it just, it's just like a weed and it takes over and, it, and it's like a thorn, it's a thorn bush. Okay. So I, I, did, I did a project called Virus, which is this thorn bush that just cannot be destroyed. Even if you burn it, it lives in the ground for seven years before. So uh, wherever I go, I, I kind of respond to the environment. So when I moved to Melbourne, I saw the trees, and I, I was actually doing some voluntary work for uh, an organisation called Friends of the Earth, and I went and visited them, and they showed me you know, images of deforestation, basically cut and burn, which was happening in Southeast Asia and in the yeah. Amazon. And uh, part of it was they said, well, it would be great if we could actually get this out to the public instead of a forest disappearing as a postscript in a newspaper if we get in the front of a paper and yeah. so what the arts i think can do is actually uh, highlight things and make it more visible what happens after that is really something else but at least that's how we we started uh, then we worked with the city of melbourne the um, the, uh, the head of parks a lovely guy called ian shears and he was interested in the project and so that's how it started, and uh, we moved on from there. And then, uh, and, and there's controversy. But as I said, uh, part of it is I said to people, you know, the, the, there is a there is a difference between uh, an artist colouring a tree blue, which can be removed the next day with water, or mm-hmm. is, is removed by, and people who are cutting down your trees, your 300-year-old redwoods for toilet paper, yeah. or, or other things. Uh, and part of the project is not that we're, we're trying to highlight. We're not anti-forestry. In fact, we think sustainable forestry and, and, and managed forestry is important. But I think, you know, it's, we've only got 30% of the old-growth forests left in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, uh, 99% of all the um, living organisms that have been on the world are gone. So, mm-hmm. that, that's, so it's, it's quite frightening. But we didn't want to do it in a frightening way. We wanted to get kids involved. And, we wanted, and it's kind of developed in, in different ways. We weren't expecting it, but now we're moving into bringing it into schools, we're trying to get the discussion about trees instead of about politics or whatever, because I always think that politics will always be here. You know, tomorrow there'll be somebody else, but once the trees go, then we can pack up and disappear. Yeah, so the Blue Trees Project is really to, to raise environmental awareness about the importance of our trees, correct? That's correct. Uh, and, and so you're looking locally, and then you're looking globally. So you're looking at why, why are trees so important to a city? And partly is to do water retention and, and the, the way that the trees collect water and then release it. Uh, partly it's to do because they give us oxygen. So when you're in a forest, you feel as though you're a lot more oxygen. And, and they clean the air. And often they don't get the, uh, the credit that trees, like we did it in London and we did it outside St. Paul's Cathedral, which is one of the most yeah. iconic cathedrals in the world. Yeah. And one of the uh, one of the journalists said, uh, which I thought was good, for a short period of time, these five tree well five trees plus fifty trees around the area, we did uh, 
uh, were getting photographed with people in front of them, and St. Paul's wasn't. And so for a short period of time, these trees that have been there for 50, 60 years, cleaning the air, taking carbon dioxide, turning it into oxygen, where you get no credit, and mm-hmm. the, the cathedral gets, and, and so it should, I think it's a brilliant <laughs> cathedral, but I'm saying all of a sudden they were the stars for a yeah, short period of time. Yeah. Now, they're, now they've returned to their, uh, their normal color, uh, but for a short period of time we change your environment and we say, look, if you were kind of concerned about the way we change that environment for a short period of time, think what we do to uh, other animals. Think that we go into a forest and the bear, the orangutan, the gorilla, they have no voice, you know. So we remove their. It's a. It's a. If so, I came into Chattanooga and just removed all your buildings, just just cut everything down. P- people would get very upset, or even the trees. If we came down to Chattanooga and somebody decided, there'd be there'd be outcries. People would be absolutely upset. But because we don't see the deforestation, because it's like a cancer, it's happening. A lot, but it will affect Chattanooga. It will affect Memphis. It will affect Seattle. It'll affect Wellington, New Zealand, and Melbourne, Australia even though we're not there. So part of the, the, the well, I guess I like to call it an installation, art installation, uh, is that we, we are trying to highlight things and then we say to people, especially at schools, well, it's not going to affect me or my kids, but our grandchildren and grandchildren, mm-hmm. great-grandchildren will be affected. And that, that is the, the seriousness of the, the issues. So have you seen any uh, any pictures of Chattanooga from 150 years ago? Has anybody shown you any of those pictures? Uh, no, the, I, I, I did hear a little bit of what it was like uh, in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that was pollution, but if you, it's, a, it's fascinating. If you look, if you look back at 100 years ago I, at Chattanooga, uh, it was almost completely deforested. Uh, yeah. it's, it's shocking when you look yeah. at Lookout Mountain uh, back then to what it is now. Um, so yeah, I think it, it, that's that's what's fascinating about that is deforestation. It's not like it's something we're immune from here in the United States. Um, the 1800s in this country was just was just widespread cutting. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. And that's the thing that people I can't remember who said, but we have very short memories. You know, yeah. uh, you know, basically we can't. You know, and that's often used by politicians as a as a really great thing because we do have short memories, and so nobody retains it. But it is a scary thing, and if you like, we've returned from Southeast Asia and Singapore, where they they were in Indonesia, they cut, cut and burn, and the government really doesn't stop people doing it. Uh, they they kind of smack on the hand kind of thing. Yeah. But there was such an incredible uh, smoke covering uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, mm. Singapore. It was such, it was it had actually had its own Wikipedia page. It was that large. It affected wow. over forty million people. And still, you can look it up on the Wikipedia. And, and what it says to me is that at the end, ecocide, which is what I think uh, one of the um, environmentalists described, is like genocide because it, it, those trees affect Chattanooga, even though they're in Southeast Asia. They belong to us all. We all belong to this planet. It's a very small planet. And even though, let's say, Chattanooga had the trees here, uh, it also, those trees belong to Southeast Asia or because the oxygen that they release really goes global. And you can't say, well, there are trees. If we want to remove them, we can. And the reality is we can't allow that to continue. We have to start uh, taking action. Uh, and it's scary. You know, already we have plans of going to Mars. You know, I mean, that's that to me is a... Uh, and I always I have this belief that, in fact, this has always been paradise. You know, Adam and Eve, actually, I, I think they actually walked when... God said to them, leave. They actually just went around the corner and came back in. You know, so they actually never 
you know, so this was always paradise. And we, it would be terrible, it would be tragic, it would be tragedy of Greek proportions if we allowed these incredible ecosystems to disappear from the face of the earth. Well, um, before we go into talking more about public art, uh, Chad Nuga, what, what other cities have you done this installation in now around the world? Uh, we've done it close to about 20 cities. We've done it in London, uh, in Germany, uh, Melbourne, uh, Sydney, Vancouver, uh, Mississauga near Toronto, Atlanta, uh, Norcross, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, Sacramento, California, uh, Albuquerque in New Mexico. Uh, and it's just kind of just moving, you know, it's exciting because I, I as I said uh, before, there are artists that just want to be left alone. And I, I kind of like, I like the, the the talking to people. I like meeting foresters. I like meeting people and, and discussing. I, I like meeting organizations that are interested in their city. And the reason Chattanooga is the city it is today uh, is because somebody made a decision, I think probably in the late 60s, early 70s, that, you know, that the dirtiness is not mm -hmm. going to remain. We, we, somebody has to take an action. And so in, in deforestation, it's not a matter of doing large things. It's doing small things, first to your own community, and then making sure that when you're here, when, when you're buying product, that you make sure that, because it, it's financial. And so if you go to the supermarket and you buy a product that it says it's from, you know, it hasn't, hasn't got a sign that says these are from recycled uh, products, then don't buy it. And uh, and so we're working with universities as well, trying to say you buy books. Well, that's the same thing. So there is power in us individually, and I, yeah. I think it's uh, not to forget that. Well, Caitlin, to pull you into this conversation, you know, I, I don't think I've had anybody from Public Art Chattanooga on the podcast yet. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and Public Art Chattanooga, and what is the vision of that organization for our city? Sure. Yeah, happy to be here. Public Art Chattanooga is really an organization that is dedicated to introducing art into our public spaces in the city. So um, providing free and accessible artwork for, for all and um, ensuring that we have a broad range of, of art forms that the city has access to. So um, we are a um, city department, So we, but we're a public-private partnership. So um, like many of the great things that happen in our city, we have generous funding from our um, our private partners and this project is is one of those um, projects as well so um, that's really really what we're, we're focused on and we have a, a small staff and we we partner with the city departments as well as um, nonprofit organizations to make our projects happen what why do you think that's important for us to as a city value public art uh, to the point where we have it as a city department and we have private institutions that invest in this. Why is it important for us as a city to be investing in public art? You know, it's, it's people may not realize it, um, but maybe are starting to realize it with the transformation of our city, um, that art has played an integral role in, in that transformation. So many of our well-loved public spaces um, have art integrated into them and have been, and art has played that role in, in helping shift that transformation. So um, many people don't know that Aquarium Plaza was um, actually the first public artwork in Chattanooga. And so an artist w teamed with a landscape architect to actually create that landform of the bridge and the water play area. And so you have art really influencing how people are interacting and using um, a space and turning it into a space um, 
that is is a well loved and well well utilized space. So you've also we've also seen that on Main Street where um, the arts came in very early on when you know we still had empty storefronts and rundown buildings and um, really kind of triggered this attention to the area, uh, but also uh, economic growth and that couldn't have been done also with the artists, um, you know that were brought in and um, moved to the area and started businesses in the area. Um, so it all, it's, it's one component of a very large picture, but it's an, it's an important piece that really gives our spaces a unique identity and propels that, that creative economy. Yeah. Yeah. And when we start talking about place and, and kind of why we love our city, why we love our, our, our places, our neighborhoods, the elements of our city, you know, so much of, of that comes from details that we don't even realize and a huge piece of that is is public art and and not just one particular piece but the fact that it rotates all the time too like I know the the sculptures that we have in places like Southside rotate on off on a pretty regular basis and you notice those details when they change uh, you look forward to those changes and stuff like that so. well I also want to say that uh, I totally agree with everything everyone said here but the main thing for me is that public art is the soul of a city and whether it's music theater uh, sculpture uh, and you remove that and the people that change cities the the entrepreneurial the uh, bill gates the steve jobs they live in communities where there is theater there is music and there is art uh, you remove that from the city you'll save money uh, but you'll get all, all those entrepreneur, entrepreneurial people, as, as in Melbourne, Australia, you know, you have uh, people in Australia where, uh, who work in uh, the hospital, who are brain surgeons, all those people live, uh, really uh, love theatre, love music, love public art. They'll go to another city. And so developing a city, you know, part of it is architecture, and you've got some stunning architecture in Chattanooga, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately in, in Australia and New Zealand where I come from, because we have earthquakes, they had to demolish a lot of them. But, you know, part of that is to, to believe that art, uh, the creativity uh, of art is incredibly important, and uh, and I think, you you know, the first thing that often is cut in schools is, is the art section when there is a and of course, I think that that and is is probably the worst things because the people that change the world start with being creative, and where they go after that is something different. So, uh, it's a short term gain by cutting uh, funding uh, in the arts. Uh, Long term, the city will uh, change. And as I said before, Chattanooga is known because somebody wrote a song. An artist mm-hmm. actually wrote a song, and now. In places in, in Australia, in the, in the real centre of Australia, you mention Chattanooga and they'll know it. They don't, they've never been here, they don't know what, what's here, but they've heard a song called The Chattanooga Choo Choo. Yeah, that's now, I know it's kind of not quite, uh, but I think that's an artistic uh, response yeah. to a city. And uh, so, you know, artists can make a difference. In New Zealand, we have, um, um, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings, you know, one, uh, yeah. one filmmaker. Um, uh, just changed everything about it, and so that now you know people visit New Zealand to go see the Hobbits, you know, and so art is incredibly powerful, and you've got uh, some wonderful artists here that that have returned. I'm just trying to um, the lovely guy that does the puppetry uh, work. Oh, uh, Wayne White. Wayne yeah, White. Wayne I mean, Wayne. I went to his, uh, and that is just stunning. That is world class, uh, and it comes from this uh, this this city, so. You need to appreciate both all art, 
but also, you know, what, what Chattanooga, and build on that, I think. Yeah, yeah, what's unique about this place. That's right, yeah. So, um, Caitlin, begin to tell us the story of, uh, you know, when did you guys first hear about Constantine's work with Blue Trees, and, and, and how, did, uh, how did this come about to bring him here to Chattanooga? Sure. Well, in all honesty, you know, I'm, I'm very new to the director position with Public Art Chattanooga. Um, I've been on board for about three months, so I was really um, pleasantly delighted and surprised to see the Blue Trees artwork on the docket, but um, um, really excited. And, and in a bit of that history, um, actually Gene Hyde, our urban forester, our city forester um, with the city, brought the project to Public Art Chattanooga and said, you know, for someone who is you know responsible for the care of the trees in our city seeing this project and realizing the highlight it would put on the importance of that work um and you know coming to public art chattanooga with that idea i think that's such a a cool thing that he took took that initiative um and you know public art chattanooga loved the idea the foundations um were very supportive of the idea i think with Chattanooga having this sort of treasure trove of trusts and groups set up to preserve our natural assets, um, it's in some ways sort of, they're almost doing the secret work. You know, we, we all in Chattanooga enjoy the outdoor lifestyle and we, we have all these trails and, and I think understanding that that's really unique to a city of our size in the South to have the Trust for Public Land, the Tennessee River Gorge Trust, the Lookout Mountain Conservancy, to have all these organizations really dedicated to preserving the forests for our use and play is, you know, amazing. And this project really highlights um, that in Chattanooga, kind of brings attention to those groups, but also to the importance of continuing that work and preserving our forests and trees. You know, earlier you guys mentioned that um, kind of part of the direction this whole thing is going to is being more involved in the schools and, and kind of taking this education to students. And, you know, I, I, I've got a you know personal testimony to this. My son is at the pre-K program at Battle Academy, and he came home last week uh, just talking about the blue trees, that he has to go see the blue trees. And we were actually scheduled to go hiking that, that afternoon. So uh, we went over to Stringer's Ridge, hiked out to the, you know, the, to the platform of the overlook of the city, and then when we were going home, we stopped there on Riverside Riverside Drive where the blue trees were, and he got to get out, and we went over there and took a whole bunch of pictures, and he was so excited, so thrilled, and he couldn't wait to go back to his art teacher and tell him and tell her about uh, the, that he got to go see the blue trees. And so, uh, and he came home with his art project where he'd drawn the blue trees and everything like that. So huge shout out to the art teacher at Brown Academy. I apologize that I'm not sure what your name is. But yeah, my son's in the pre-K program there. So, I, you know, I know they were talking about it there at Brown, but um, share kind of some of your experience of this taking this into the schools using this as an education platform for students well first of all I, I think uh, you know kids are just so uh, incredibly open and unafraid to take risk and whereas uh, the older we get the more risk averse we are whereas uh, um, I, I love you know you know the, the way the kids respond to the blue trees uh, one of the most lovely effect was when we were in uh, Vancouver and I'd finished colouring and all the, the mechanics of the, the artwork were put away, the brushes, the pigment, and I was just waiting to get picked up to be taken back to my hotel and all of a sudden this mother and daughter started walking towards the, 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 the city, uh, the um, community area where we were doing the blue trees and the, the little girl saw them and she let go of her mother's hand and started rushing to mum, mum, a blue tree, a blue tree. And it was the first time, really, that I realised how important colour that and that that 
little girl and her mother would have walked down that path many times, but this time the colour had made the trees visible. Now what the little girl, uh, what is interesting is with, uh, with children that she was, her imagination was open. She was able to, you know, you know the mystery, the imagination, uh, the beauty, uh, all those things are, are still open to them, you know, it hasn't been closed down. And so it is important, I think, uh, in terms of art, artwork and uh, to actually work with kids because they really although it's a bit of a cliche are they uh, the future they they really will make a difference in some way and I think what we find with the schools that uh, once they get to a certain age you know 13 14 year old boys and sometimes you saw them when they came down to the blue trees they didn't want to they feel a bit you know uh, embarrassed and whereas the young kids there's a lovely, um, uh, well, I think he's in LA now, Sir Ken Robinson, who is a, um, did this beautiful TED talk, uh, if you ever get a chance. And uh, he was talking about how incredibly wonderful kids are and how much creativity is important and how much we lack it in schools and are not, not strong enough. And he gave the example um, about a, a little girl who was not uh, really interested in a lot of things, but she liked drawing and she took a drawing class in a... And she was at the back of the room and her teacher goes up to her and uh, says, what are you drawing? And the little girl says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, oh, that's, well, nobody knows what God looks like. And the little girl said, well, they will in a few moments. And so the interesting thing is they are unafraid to, to actually take risk. Whereas, so going to schools, getting people creativity, it's not necessarily that these children will become Michelangelo's or, um, you know, artists of any... But they may become Steve Jobs, they may become Bill Gates, because for me, art is the way you think, and whether it's what we're doing here with uh, technology, uh, uh, it's it's the way you think, that you, as I said to kids, it's better to get a job that you love, because then you don't have to work uh, all your life. But, and, and sometimes, you you know, as I, I think Steve Jobs <laughs> said, you have to be crazy to be in the arts. You know, you have to love what you do because it's kind of, a, you, it's insane in some ways uh, because nobody, keep, unless you're really focused on what you do and, and really believe in it, you'll do it. You'll, it's easier to take an, another job. Whereas kids at this stage, I think, just love art. They love drawing. They love creativity. And it's important to try to carry that through to their other education. We had a lovely group also of uh, yesterday afternoon of college students that came through and they were also different, Different. I think they were doing a master class, but they were, you had engineer, you had a social art, uh, you had you know, designers, yeah. you know, all, all of them working together. And it's just part of the blue trees for me is it's similar the way I look at different aspects. So I kind of look at an issue, like we've done a project on homelessness called uh, Purple Rain. And uh, where, when I was working in Seattle, doing the blue trees in Seattle, with so many homeless people came to help. And I thought, you know, I saw this almost like a rain. So we, we developed a kind of QR code with people uh, and talking about these, how do you get from a baby that is loved to a homeless person? How, yeah. how does that happen, you know? Yeah. And uh, some of them were veterans that came back, and I thought, you know, th there were there were stories there that needed to be told. And and, and the blue trees, these trees carry carry our stories from when we first when you when you first landed uh, in the in the United States. Uh, you know, there are trees that have been here, especially I think in uh, California, that are over three thousand years old. Yeah. So it's important to kind of 
be more open. You know, as an artist, I, as I've said before, when I first started as an artist, I thought I knew everything. Mm. You know, I knew everything about. Uh, the more I get into art, now I, I think I know less and less. Art's more mysterious. But all I know is that, you know, the guy that designed this table, that designed this hat, that designed this phone, that designed this was an artist. You, you think, and artistically, the way we sit on our chair, they just don't come like that. Somebody has actually designed it. Now, it could be easier to just have a piece of wood that you sit on, but part of our, uh, it's interesting, is everything is designed or created by someone who spent time and thought about it. It just doesn't wake up one morning and you have, like Gene Hyde, uh, you know, all those trees that are planted in Chattanooga, somebody put them in, and it's the foresters that have, that should get the credit. Well, I know hopefully every art teacher in the county is talking about the blue trees and inspiring kids to go out and see these uh, and to take part wherever they can. But what, are some of, what are some of the specific school partnerships that you have going on with the blue trees here in Hamilton County? Well, you know, Con and Adele have developed this amazing educational resource and that, that will be provided to Hamilton County Schools for, for this artwork, which is just a fabulous opportunity. Um, but Con will be going to Calvin Donaldson, which is an environmental studies-focused school, and speaking to their third grade class and also um, installing the trees on their campus. So that'll be a really special opportunity for those students and, and catching them at an important, an important age yeah. where you know holding on to that creative thinking is is such an important for that age group. Yeah, because you guys aren't just painting existing trees in the city, you're actually painting a bunch of saplings that are then being sent out throughout the city to be planted, right? Yes, yeah. coloring, coloring, not painting. <laughs> coloring, I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> Uh, we, we got in all sorts of uh, trouble when we mentioned because people think we're actually using paint, which right. we're not, so I just have to reiterate that. Uh, and also that the, the pigment that comes off, so that's, that's another important part of it. But yes, look, it's, uh, the great thing is in Chattanooga is that we're now you know, people have come in and invited us to schools, and so we're going to go. I think there was a, uh, another couple that came through. And some of the stories that, uh, I mean, I think Caitlin was there um, uh, the kids that did, did the painting of the blue trees and then they wrote their stories and I wish I had them with me because they, they were just amazing. beautiful amazing stories that as I said would be lovely to see into a book yeah. you know yeah. that the school you know and that goes back to the school and that's that and hopefully maybe they can sell the book and, <laughs> and you know so that, that would be the really project great. has been amazingly multi-layered so it's it's hard to even like get out everything that's that's a part of this because you know, we, we're going into schools and, and working with the kids on the campus. We're working with um, Howard School's internship program through the Lookout Mountain Conservancy to um, select trees and then install blue trees on the, along the Guild Trail. We're coloring saplings at our family fun days that will then go to neighborhoods that were identified by our neighborhood services department as neighborhoods that have been asking and needing trees for some time. Um, so that's... Um, Eastlake, Ridgedale, and Highland Park. Um, so all these trees that are painted at our family fun days will then go to to these neighborhoods. So there's, you know, the community engagement piece of this project and artwork is is huge, and it's really, you know, what this what the artwork's all about is starting the conversation at all levels of the importance of trees and um, the beauty of the the art component that can cross 
go across the curriculum so you know you can relate this to science you can relate this to math you can relate this to what your guidance counselors are talking about and dealing with with your students and it's been really exciting to go in and talk with those schools and to hand them the educational resource that they've developed and for them to just say yes this fits right in with what we're doing we want to incorporate this and it's just been super easy and exciting yeah, so speaking about fi- family fun days and community engagement, you guys actually have a big day coming up this Saturday. Um, so on November 5th, uh, you're, you're going to be on the Bessie Smith Lawn, correct? Yes. So can you talk a little bit about what's going to happen on Saturday, give us the times and all the good information? Sure. So um, Saturday the 5th, 10 a.m. to 11.30, we'll be coloring saplings. So that's a volunteer opportunity. It's a great chance for families to come out with their kids. We'll have little paintbrushes and um, little trees that um, – families can kind of take on on their own and then we'll have all sorts of arts and crafts activities we'll have the the blue tree writing exercise as well as painting trees on paper with the colorant that Khan uses for the project we'll have face painting we'll have blues music so um, Soundcore is helping us out with some some musicians for the day we are our, our other hope is you know this pro this installation came to ml king because there's this huge ev- effort to activate the boulevard and so um we're really hoping to do the project will do that but also on the fifth we're encouraging people to go out and visit the mlk businesses maybe pick up lunch to go and come picnic on the lawn with us and really um, experience the setting that's been created by Khan and the artwork it's a pretty all of a sudden, the Bessie Smith lawn is more enticing for picnics. There's just, you just have something to sit and stare at. Uh, that's really, really incredible. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the trees yet, they're, they're, they glow, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's beautiful like to sit trees. on a lawn and have a picnic. It's great. Yeah. And coffee with Khan at the camp house, I forgot to mention. At I'm looking forward to that. 1 o'clock. So we'll have some blues music on the patio, and you'll have the chance to come and chat with Khan over a cup of coffee. Yeah, and that'll be one to two on our the Camp House patio uh, on Saturday following the, the, the family day on the Bessie Smith lawn. So you spent, how many years were you in Melbourne? Uh, we arrived in Melbourne in 2003, and uh, so um, I'm just my mathematics. <laughs> we, we're still, well, I guess uh, uh, 2016, so okay. 13 years. Yeah, that's uh, great. 14 years. Yeah. So are, are you aware that, you know, the Melbourne coffee scene is kind of world-renowned? It's one yeah, of the best in the absolutely. entire world. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It it's, uh, we do miss that coffee. I mean, yeah. it, uh, um, uh, it's, look, in, in Melbourne and New Zealand, uh, uh, a lot of people actually uh, originally, you know, came to the states and saw what's happening, and then took it back and then developed it further. So, yeah. uh, you know, where it's it is a great coffee uh, time, and so uh, I didn't know so much about coffee, you know, but there's just so much variety. There's the way you roast it, the way you do that. It's just. You know, is there's just so much that you think, crikey, I'm yeah. drinking it. You know, so so it's it's great to to actually kind of uh, th- th- again another artwork. You know, yeah. coffee when you see someone pre- preparing it and getting a uh, again, I see it as an art form, uh, and it uh, needs to, people aren't aware they just get it in their cup and think, well, right, I'm drinking it. But what yeah. goes to that is quite a quite a huge amount. Yeah, I usually I usually tell young baristas that you know it's a it's a rabbit hole that goes deep and yeah, you go yeah. as deep as you want. Well, even the baristas, it's a, they're all performance artists. Can you see them? I'm seeing them going, chim, bang, bang, chim, and there's 40 people then. They're, they're just going incredible. And I'm thinking that's a performance. It's like a musician, you know, just dang, dang. 
So you'll have to put some music with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Caitlin, who, who all do we have to thank for bringing the blue trees here to Chattanooga and bringing Constantine to our city? Well, it's been a hugely collaborative effort, um, but first and foremost, um, Benwood Foundation, Lenhurst Foundation, and Footprint Foundation really um, fully funded this project and made sure that we had um, a huge community engagement and educational piece, but also hit hit downtown as well as some of our un- underserved areas. So it is, they have really made this um, project far-reaching and we're really grateful for that support but city of Chattanooga just in terms of resources and staff has been incredible to to support in supporting this project as well yeah also uh Peggy Peggy Townsend Peggy Townsend who uh was initially she she did a lot of uh the initial uh uh, planning for this and uh, then uh, passed Pass the, torch. Pass the torch. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, look, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because, you know, you get, uh, you know, things that started by someone and then you have to carry it. So Caitlin's done an amazing uh, job just to, to hold it. And, and uh, we are very grateful for her and her family for all the, especially, uh, you know, we, we haven't had a meal, I think, taken to your parents' place to have a, uh, a meal at home where we haven't had one since we left <laughs> Australia in May. You know? uh, we've cooked one ourselves, but we haven't actually been invited to anyone's house, so that was really lovely as well. Well, Chattanooga has given them a very warm welcome, yeah, yeah, so they've felt has, yeah. very, very welcomed. And just want to thank uh, the Public Art Chattanooga uh, and everyone uh, involved in Chattanooga for uh, amazing uh, um, time that we have. <laughs> we, we like it a lot here, so I'm not going to... But, uh, yeah, and also to say that, as I said, I think uh, art used to be a very small amount. It used to be Giotto, Michelangelo painting. Now art is everything. Art is you walk outside and you see art on buses, you see art. And so art is, I think, a lot more uh, what isn't art is, is the mm. important thing. And so even knitting now is an art yeah. form. So art is changing so that people who maybe are doing something that isn't considered art can actually change change the uh, the way they're going. And the great thing also is a lot of people don't go into galleries, but we've had people create a public work of art that's gone global. So, yeah. so they look at the, if you can look at art in a different way, that it doesn't have to be just painting or sculpture. It can be whatever you want. You know, yeah. if you want to be, if art, were you sitting on a bench uh, singing a song, that's art. You know, it doesn't have to be. Uh, it can be anything you want and I think that's important for kids and kids to understand yeah all right well Constantine Caitlin thanks for being here and uh, thanks for bringing the blue trees to Chattanooga thank you very much for having us well thank you so much again to Constantine and Caitlin for stopping in and explaining more about the blue trees here in Chattanooga and, you know, it's, it's fascinating when they came in, too, because Constantine has this gray, almost white hair, and it's just streaked with blue, and, and Caitlin's hands are all stained blue um, from this coloring. And I do want to point that out. You know, there's a little bit of concern that these trees are being painted, and that's somehow going to be harmful to the environment. But this is not paint. This is, a, this is a coloring that they're able to install safely on these trees, and it'll last a few months before eventually washing away. So this isn't anything permanent. Uh, it's also not, you know, only going to be a week long. The first rain is going to knock it out. This will be something that's here for a few months uh, that isn't going to do any kind of damage to these trees. 
And if you want to learn more about the blue trees and where you can find them in our city, where you can see them, there's a link here in our show notes. The, the address is probably too long for me to, to list it out, but there's a link below right in the show notes where you can find out more about the blue trees and where to find them in our city. And then we really hope you would join us this coming Saturday at the Bessie Smith Lawn at 10 a.m. Uh, to help paint some of these saplings that are going to be sent out and planted in different parts of our city and to really come out and meet the artist Constantine. I know you guys are going to love having a conversation with him. And, and you can do that at the camp house that afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock on the patio. It'll be Coffee with Khan, and there'll be live music being provided by Soundcore and, and just a, a time to meet and greet with the artist and to, to hear his vision a little bit more in depth about why he's doing this and why he's going around the country to different cities and creating these blue tree installations. And thank you to our studio sponsor, Lamppost Group. You can learn more about them at lamppostgroup.com. And if you want to share this episode or any other episode, you can do that at thecamphouse.com slash podcast. You can always subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts from. And that way, whatever episode comes out is waiting there for you in your inbox. So thank you all for being here. I hope to see you this Saturday and have a great week.